Flyingfield Outfitter is a fly shop and guide service located in Bend, Oregon. We specialize in fly fishing the Lower Deschutes River, Cascade Lakes, the Crooked River, the Fall River, and many other fisheries in the area. Tune into our podcast for updates on fishing reports, techniques, tactics, and fishing stories. Griff, um, we are sitting here in the second week of July, maybe third week now, um, and just checking in with you, Griff. How's the river been? River's been good. We actually just got off a three-day camp trip, running down to down to Maupin and some changeable weather, but the caddis are still hatching, mayflies are coming off, the river's in great shape, a uh, lot of really good healthy fish. Um, yeah, great camps, it was, it was a good time. How was uh, salmon fly for you? You know, salmon fly this year was, was a bit frustrating for most people just because of the weather. You know, we had, had great weather early in the month and the water warmed up as soon as the flows came down and the bugs hatched and we had a week of decent weather and then we had three weeks of uh, not real good weather and and uh, there was days in there where the sun would come out and it would warm up and the bugs would come out and the fish would key in on them and then it rained for two days so we had uh, some some mixed uh, mixed results as far as fishing the big bug but throughout the entire hatch the the fish were still eating we were just having to go subsurface or do dry dropper stuff instead of Instead of chucking chubbies in all of our favorite spots, at the end of the hatch, though, we did have a couple of trips where it was it was properly on fire and weather cooperated. The bugs stuck around long enough, and the fish just went crazy. So we got rewarded at the end. Sounds fun. We made it down there a couple times, mm-hmm. and yeah, basically that's how it went for me. Not so not so good for me as far as big bugs go, but. And the cast fishing was a bunch of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of camp trips, uh, I think that's one of the things we wanted to talk about today mainly was uh, kind of, yeah, our camp program. You know, we've been doing it for a long time. It's been kind of a banner trip for Flying Field and certainly one of my favorite experiences when we get to head out with the crew, go down the long stretch river from uh, Trout Creek down to Maupin, no cell phone service. Funny, last time we went on that was a couple days after Scott and I got back from Christmas Island and we had a better connection to home and Christmas Island than we did just <laughs> a couple, you know, 100 miles north of home. So, yeah, um, yeah why don't we just talk about uh, kind of what we offer as far as camp trips go. Um, you know, a lot of time we do a lot of salmon fly trips, um, three day trips there, or several days. So let's kind of just jump into general camp like what are we doing where we go how many days um yeah what do you what do you love about camp well i mean i think if you ask any of us around here who have been down there if we have three or four days to 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 blow off what would we want to do and i think most of us would say go down there even if it's in the middle of the summer or or you know pre-hatch or you know around the steelhead where the fishing might not be epically good it's just so beautiful down there it's such an amazing experience every time for even those of us who have been down there a bunch you know we push off that ramp at trout creek and just knowing that you know in a couple of minutes we're going to be out of range and and you knowing what's ahead as far as the the scenery and the camps and the rapid and all our favorite fishing spots and it's just, uh, yeah, it's just where we all want to be. Um, 
even as local anglers and, and guides who work down there, we want to go down there and hang out and fish, which I think says a lot about the place and, and the experience down there. As far as, you know, our camp, yeah, you're right. We've been running this camp for a long, long time. Uh, the last five or six years, we've really honed in. I feel like we've really honed in the product. Um, we, we've invested a bunch into the camp uh, and and had some consistency with uh, with the crew working down there and you know as I've experienced it over the last now seven years I've seen it really become a, a, a product that I feel 100 uh, percent certain it's just no matter what the weather no matter what the fishing we're gonna show people a really good time down there we're gonna they're gonna be comfortable they're gonna be well looked after they're gonna be well fed uh, they're gonna sleep comfortably um, and they're gonna get to experience the, the canyon uh, the way it should be experienced so yeah it's it's our flagship trip for sure and the one that that we enjoy running the most on the lower Deschutes. yeah it's a amazing country down there too lots of wildlife like I mean, we've seen a bunch. What's some of the crazy wildlife you've seen down there? You know, uh, we, there's all the usual suspects are down there. But interestingly, in May, while we were having lunch down there at Wingdam, we saw antelope down there, which uh, I had never seen. Um, and, uh, yeah, they came down and jumped a fence and went across the railroad tracks. And then I think they got a sniff of us and, and went right back up there. But, um you know, this last trip we saw an amazing herd of uh, of the bighorn sheep down there that was awesome. A bunch of babies running around. Uh, and, you know, that's always a treat to see them down there. It's just one of our favorite animals. And then, of course, the wild horses are running all over the place. We saw a bunch of deer on this trip, including a big buck. Um, forget exactly where that was. Down by North Junction somewhere. Uh and yeah all the rest of the uh, the ones you expect to see down there the otters and then the, the birds are all, all you know always awesome down there we saw a handful of baldies and all the all the goldens up on the rocks and osprey and osprey now have their chicks in the nest which is pretty cool to see uh so yeah that's the great thing of being down on the deschutes where we have to get out of the boat to fish is that when you're rowing along instead of staring at your fly or your indicator you actually get a chance to look up and look around and and kind of wonder at all the the incredible wildlife and beauty down in that canyon yeah and that canyon in the spring is just amazing all how green it gets it's just absolutely gorgeous gorgeous year round but just something extra special about being there in the spring when it starts getting green and yeah just extra beautiful so um a client books a camp trip what's uh what happens next what should they expect um what should they pack with them what do we provide as an outfitter um just kind of also maybe talk about a day in the life of a client on a camp trip yeah well the first part of the question um Included in the trip is the full camp, which is the kitchen and tables and awnings and, and the big camp kitchen that we bring down there. Uh, you know, spacious tents you can stand up in. Uh, generally two, two people to a tent. Uh, and in the tents there's going to be a cot and with a sleeping pad on it. Um, most people like to bring their own sleeping bag and pillow. 
having said that, we can provide those if they're traveling and they don't want to lug that along. Um, all the food is included for however many days we're down there. So uh, lunch and dinner the first day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on if the second or third day if it's a four-day trip, and then breakfast and lunch on the last day. Um, the breakfasts and dinners are all hot meals. Lunches can be usually the first day of the trip. After that, we just do these gourmet sandwiches, and people kind of eat while they while we row. Um, and like with all of our trips, waders, boots, rods, reels, all that stuff is included in the trip. The client is responsible for uh, boaters pass down there and buying some flies and having a fishing license. Um, all those things we can provide here at the shop. Um, and yeah, then the boats have coolers in them that are full of ice and water, Gatorade. If they have a preferred soda, we'll get a couple six packs of that. Um, and the client brings, brings their beer. Uh, and and whatever they want to drink around camp at night too. Sweet. So, client shows up at uh, Safeway Madras to meet you guys. Yeah. Uh, load up in the trucks, head down. Four day, you're gonna go to uh, Warm Springs, right? And then the three day down to Trout Creek to launch. It depends a little bit on what's going on with the fishing uh, during salmon fly. If it's a four or five day trip, we will try and plan on spending time where we think the concentration of bugs is going to be the highest. Uh, and similarly, during steelhead season, if we have a feeling that, or we know because we've been down there, that the, the fish are concentrated below the rapid, or they're concentrated uh, between South Junction and the rapid, or something like that, we will plan the trip so we spend the most amount of time where we feel there are the most amount of fish. Um, Otherwise, typically the program is, yeah, meet, meet in the morning, head down to the ramp, get everything stowed away in dry bags, get all the, the clients, you know, in their waders and boots, and send the bagger with all the dry bags down to camp, and then we'll split the 34 miles up, uh, usually trying to cover about the same amount of river each day, uh, including where we... Uh, where we stop and have lunches, where we plan on camping, and kind of schedule our itinerary based on the camps. And, and the camps down there, as you know, Kyle, are, are just amazing. Whether it's uh, just going as far as Whiskey Dick the first night, which is above White Horse Rapid, our last trip we just got off yesterday, we went down farther and actually camped the first night all the way down at uh, Davidson Camp. but. All the camps are, are, are beautiful places with decent fishing, sometimes better than decent fishing around them. Uh, the the self-composting toilets they have down there uh, aren't, aren't bad as far as those things go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for the client experience, it's the whole thing is pretty deluxe, and it's something that we love sharing with them every trip, whether it's a client that's been down there ten times or someone who's never even seen the Lower Deschutes River. They all, they all have the same appreciation for it as, as we do. Yep. And I, I, what I love most about it is you spend your day fishing with the guide, rolling to camp. You got bagger there greeting you with hors d'oeuvres, cold drinks, uh, dinners being prepared. You just get to sit back, relax, look at the river, talk about fishing stories from the day, and yeah, just hang out. Um, that's like kind of where you get to know the guides overall and the clients hanging around camp. It's pretty unique experience I think as far as um, being down on the river um, 
Let's see, uh, what type of clothing should they expect to pack for a camp trip? I mean, this could obviously be different from year to year or season to season. If it's either steelhead, you're going in the fall, the summer, that kind of thing, so. For sure, yeah. yeah. And and even even now, this time of year, our, our sort of motto with that is, you know, is hope for the best and be prepared for the worst. And so to that end, even on the trip that we just got off, you know, here we are in July where hardly ever rains, and yet the first day of the trip, um, we had off and on rain throughout the trip. And so, you know, the guys all brought a, a rain jacket, or even one guy just had a poncho that he threw on and hung out in the boat. It wasn't, you know, cold and unpleasant, but it rained a little bit. Um, and yeah, as, as far as getting into the steelhead time, um, yeah, you want to be you want to be prepared for the worst, and that would include the the possibility of, of falling in and getting wet. So you always want to have, you know, a second set of everything: socks and long underwear and good warm shirt and sweater and hat and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's 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 best to to be prepared for needing it. And it's funny almost. Every trip we get off of, and the guys are going through their dry bags, and they're like, oh, man, I didn't need to bring half this stuff, which is great. But they had it in case they needed it. So that's generally what we, what we suggest is, is, yeah, be prepared for the worst and, and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what else would you recommend they bring on the trip with them down there that we don't provide and... Uh, things that might be comfort items or that type of thing that they may want. Yeah, you know, we we suggest that people bring a you know a book or a magazine that are enjoying the articles while they read that at, you know at nighttime or if they're in their tent or if they wake up real early before everyone else and they just want to hang out. You know, a headlamp, um, obviously personal hygiene, um, and not not a whole lot else. You know, we have sunscreen in our boats and all that. If they have a sun hat, they like wearing. Good polarized sunglasses are good to have down there, but for the most part, you know, their clothes, their sleeping bag, and their pillow, and and uh, you know, toothbrush, and and we'll take care of the rest. Yep, and I would just add maybe bringing your camera or oh uh, yeah, for sure. Guides exactly. are definitely taking photos during the day, but um, getting your own down there and grabbing the shots you want while you're floating down or yeah. quick videos, seeing the horses, whatever it may be. I mean, there's so good much point. Down yeah, there. and if and if you have you know, a nice camera if you're a, a, a photographer, uh, you know, in, in training or you're just an enthusiast, uh, it's an awesome place to take pictures. The scenery, the wildlife, camp life. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely bring bring a good camera if you got one. Um, All right, so how many people can go on a Lower Deschutes camp trip? And what are your recommendations? Of that? Yeah, I mean, we, we do trips uh, with two people. Um, and we can do those uh, streamlined without uh, a bagger boat. Um, it's a little less uh, money than having it, the trip be supported with the bagger. Um, and then uh, I would say we probably do as many four and six person trips each year as anything else but the camp uh, can take 10 people and so if you have a group that's that big and we have done trips that big and and they're awesome um, you know like we were just talking about a minute ago the camaraderie uh, of being down there in camp life and getting to hang out with if it's family old friends like we just had down there last week is a is a really special part of the experience uh, 
So we really like, you know, the, the four and six and eight person groups, um, but we can take up to 10. Uh, those are really fun trips too. We have a second bagger, so two boats bring in all the gear and all the food and make sure that no matter how big or small the group, we got everything down there that we need. Cool. Um, and I think a lot of people may know the answer to this, but what species of fish can they expect to target um, just in general? Yeah, you know, the 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 quarry down there most of the year is the red band rainbow trout and uh, from the beginning of the season all the way until you know late August early September that's pretty much what we're targeting it's what we're hoping to catch um, of course there are some bull trout still swimming around down there there are uh, both white fish and the big Butterbelly suckers that pull as hard as anything, at least for the first 30 seconds, and um, and then yeah, but the red band is is really what we're down there trying trying to catch, um, and they're just such special fish. Uh, every one of them is awesome, and you know once we get into beginning of September and then all the way until you know end of November when we stop generally running these trips, we're we're hoping they're steelhead in the river and we're hoping we can target them um, whether that's uh, by swinging flies on spay rods or using you know big big subsurface uh, you know nymph presentations um, however people want to fish we'll, we'll you know we'll cater to them if they want to swing we know the swing water if they want to get under a bobber we know the water to do that too um, you know a lot of times though even into the fall we're not necessarily going to talk about it as a steelhead trip, um, although we're happy to cater to people that just want to catch steelhead, but we'll also just say, hey, let's go fishing. Let's get down there, let's let's get our flies wet and see what eats it. And, uh, you know, it's always a cool surprise when a bobber goes down and a seven pound steelhead jumps instead of a trout, uh, which happens down there. Yeah, it's pretty exciting when that happens. Oh yeah. I love seeing that happen. Um, Fall time, um, I mean, I guess year-round, too. Let's talk about Whitehorse Rapid. What's a, <laughs> I think that's a pretty fun part for a lot of people. Experience first whitewater. Um, do you have anything you want to add on that note, or just oh, the river in general down there? <laughs> My relationship with Whitehorse is, is pretty well documented. It's, it's, it's an awesome place. It's a, it's a place where every trip I look forward to getting there, and... Um, breathe a little bit better when I get through it. I think most of us, if we were if we were to be 100% honest, recognize it as a as a pretty heavy place um, from the rower seat. Uh, you know, we 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 do everything we can to be prepared for it and to set it up in such a way that it's a fun ride for the client and what we. What we enjoy most is getting through it and the client turning around and saying, that was it? Yeah, that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but the truth of the matter is, it's a, it's a, a beautiful and intense place. And, uh, and it's not going anywhere, so, so it's, where, it's what we got to get through every trip. Yeah, can you kind of describe that rapid to folks that may have not seen it before? Well, you know, it's a funny, it's a funny rapid because it's, you know, in the... In the, the boater's guides and most of the maps, the things like a three plus, a couple of them have it as a four. So 
on the face of it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that heavy. Um, but the reality of that particular rapid is that uh, you really got to do a couple of things just right um, to get through it smoothly. And so, yeah, for, for most of us in a, in a drift boat, that means, uh, you know, coming in on a certain line, making a couple of critical oar strokes, making sure that we're staying off of the things that we really don't want to hit, and, uh, and then hoping that we don't get too wet. Um, but it is a, a pretty extreme drop in an otherwise relatively low gradient river. Comes out of nowhere. It's an utter anomaly for the entire hundred miles uh, from the dams to the mouth. There are some rapids, other rapids, but there's nothing like it. There's nothing that's, that's as high consequence as, and as intense as Whitehorse. So, um, yeah, it's a big roaring, uh, mess of water that kind of comes out of nowhere and and uh, like I say we always feel a little bit better once we're on the the downhill side of it yeah um what about some of the other uh rapids down there I know I personally like the big roller ones where it feels like a roller coaster ride you think is there any other type of fun stuff folks can look to while they're rowing yeah yeah and, and honestly I mean aside from the very top of of Whitehorse the rest of it is as much fun as we get to have rowing on that river. Um, it's another almost mile of just big bouldery, um, you know, lots of chutes and, and narrow spots that we gotta, that we have to, you know, pick through um, before we get through that last little wave train there above Redwall Camp. But yeah, I mean, even Whitehorse Rapid, you know, 10 minutes off of the ramp, or sorry, um, Trout Creek Rapid, 10 minutes off the ramp is, uh, you know, it can be entertaining in, in low flows where we are now. You got to stay off a couple of rocks in there and it's got a fun little wave train at the bottom. And Buckskin Mary is always a cool experience. You know, it's one of the narrowest spots in that whole 100 miles of river with a cool drop in it. And this time of year, it's pretty fun just to go straight through it and, and do that whole kind of, you know, wave train thing where the bow is sticking up and the bow is sticking down. And yeah, and then there's... Uh, Four shoots is, is a cool little stretch of river down there too that we have to we ought to pick through and make you know do just right to get through it uh, safely without banging off anything. So there's enough other white water down there to sort of giggle through, but white horse is the show. Yeah, um, awesome. Thanks, dude. Uh, I think maybe lastly, let's just talk briefly about camp life. Like, what can you know maybe a different cup kinds of meals people can expect for breakfast and dinner um, and kind of like what just happens at camp you know when when you show up yeah and like when you, you leave in the morning as well yeah you you were saying you know that that moment of arrival in camp especially for people who haven't experienced it um, where yeah we pull the boats in and say hey you know let's go up and say hi to Glenn and you walk into camp and and you know that look on people's face when they look around and they see this big deluxe camp kitchen and and wind wings over tables with tablecloths and you know some glasses out for cocktails or whatever and then look around they see the tents all set up um, is always really cool to sort of see them you know blown away by that part of the experience and then yeah man lots of just sitting around you know chairs facing the river watching the river go by you know talking story from the day you know giving each other a hard time you know for the fish that they didn't land or you know showing off pictures of the pictures of the fish that they did land um 
you know, and it's a great time for everyone to just get to hang out uh, with the guides and, and with the cook and, and all that. And as far as meals are concerned, yeah, we've got that pretty dialed in. And last trip we had, well, we have salmon uh, one night with a nice couscous, delicious salad, um, some, some uh, fresh corn on the cob. Um, I forget what else was with that meal, but it was good. Uh, some, yeah, we had some delicious shrimp appetizer that night. Uh, next morning, we all got these big breakfast burritos, just full of all the stuff that kind of set you straight for the day. Um, there was melon out, berries, coffee, juice. Uh, then the next night, we did steaks and uh, homemade mashed potatoes down there, which Glenn is dialed in with this rosemary cream sauce in there with it and uh, some sauteed vegetables you know delicious bread and butter and uh, yeah so we're eating we're eating really good oh stuffed mushrooms was the appetizer that night those things are bomb so it's so yeah we're eating really good down there and it's an important part of the experience I think uh, keeping people well nourished but also just I don't know it's that that again that kind of sharing the experience where there's like wow you how did you get all this stuff down here? How do you, you know, how do you cook food this good in the middle of nowhere? Um, and that's one of the parts of the experience that we can control and that we take a lot of pride in. Yeah, that uh, rosemary cream sauce has actually uh, made it into a couple reviews. So oh, has it? it sounds yeah. like I better get a sample of that. It's awesome. Yeah, man, I think that was a pretty good sum of uh, what a camp trip with Flying Field looks like. Is there anything else you want to add? or? Yeah, I mean, really, just, just that it's a trip that, um, you know, if you're at all interested in doing it, uh, it, it, you know, and you can carve out some time and you can disappear for a few days, just get in touch with us and let's start a conversation. Even if it's just two of you or one person, then we know other people that might want to go and we can put groups together um, but I just, yeah, I can't, I can't, you know, recommend the experience enough and, and, uh, and just hope that it's something that people that want to do can make happen. And we'd love to take them down there. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks a lot. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk later. All right. Thank you for tuning into this podcast from Fine Field Outfitters. Please subscribe to our page for updates on new podcasts that we release. And stay tuned for more coming throughout the summer. Thanks a lot.